Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. We end our show today with the final installment in our book club series, Reading the Reckoning, with WNYC's Rebecca Carroll. Here, Rebecca talks with author Tayari Jones. Tayari begins with a passage from her new novel, An American Marriage. Twelve years is what they gave him. We would be 43 years old when he was released. I couldn't even imagine myself at such an age. Roy understood that 12 years was an eternity because he sobbed right there at the defendant's table. His knees gave way and he fell into his chair. The judge paused and demanded that Roy bear this news on his feet. He stood again and cried, not like a baby, but in the way that only a grown man can cry, from the bottom of his feet up through his torso and finally through his mouth. When a man wails like that, you know it's all the tears he was never allowed to shed, from Little League disappointment to teenage heartbreak, all the way to whatever injured his spirit just last year. As Roy howled, my fingers kept worrying a rough patch of skin beneath my chin, a souvenir of scar tissue. When they did what I remember as kicking in the door, what everyone else remembers as opening it with the key, after the door was open, however it was open, we were both pulled from the bed. They dragged Roy into the parking lot, and I followed, lunging for him, wearing nothing but the white slip. Someone pushed me to the ground and my chin hit the pavement. My slip rode up showing everything to everyone as my tooth sank into the soft skin of my bottom lip. Roy was on the asphalt beside me, barely beyond my grasp, speaking words that didn't reach my ears. I don't know how long we lay there, parallel like burial plots. Husband, wife, what God has brought together, let no man tear asunder. Boy, that image, that whole passage, that that includes so many, many things. I mean, the pavement, the asphalt, the the break-in, the intrusion, the the suggestion of already you can tell something unjust is going to happen. Why is that scene so pivotal in the in the novel? Well, an American marriage is a story of a young couple who um, they've only been married eighteen months when the husband is accused of a crime he does not commit. And they're staying in a hotel at the time. And the police break into the hotel room and pull them out and arrest her husband. And that was the moment her life changed. And I thought it was interesting that it happened in a hotel because, you know, when they were in their honeymoon, they're in another hotel. Like, it's just these moments, the, the, the mirroring of these two moments, their honeymoon hotel versus this hotel where everything changed, where they're treated as criminals where their humanity is denied. We're calling this book series Reading the Reckoning, um, in, in part because we are in this, you know, this watershed moment of Me Too and Time's Up and, you know, gender disparity, equality. Um, not in the books we're choosing or talking about not necessarily dealing specifically with the reckoning, but have fallen in publication during the reckoning. And so what does it feel like as a black woman telling the story of an African-American marriage and the prison system and mass incarceration and police brutality? And don't forget the rape of of which he's accused to add that into the mix. I mean, I do think about this as a really intersectional novel. I don't think that you can talk about any one of these issues by themselves. 
Roy is an innocent man. He is wrongfully accused of rape, but, you know, he is, the woman misidentifies him. She's not lying on him. She misidentified him. Make that clarification. She she misidentifies she's not lying. She's not lying in that she believes that he is the person. She is wrong, but she believes that he is the person. I mean, the thing about, um, I mean, it's very tricky, right? Because the thing about eyewitness testimony, it is simultaneously the most convincing and also the least reliable. And, you know, there's so many stories about like when police show people lineups, everyone else in the lineup may be in, say, um, a mugshot, and then another person is not in a mugshot. That person catches your eye. The person who's different catches your eye, like when the when the um, lineup isn't uniform. Like there's so many things that happen that lead to misidentification. The woman who accuses him is a white woman. Is that right? She. Everyone always thinks she's a white woman. I actually do not specify her race in the text. The reason I didn't is that I felt like if he is a black man accused of, I almost feel like capital R raping a capital W white woman, that then that would distract from the story, which in my mind is about him and his wife. So I didn't specify it in in the novel, but in my mind, I do have a picture of her. And just to make my own life more difficult as a storyteller, in my mind, she is neither black or white because, you know, there are other people. <laughs> no, there are no other people. No. The reason I ask, of course, in the context of the reckoning and the Me Too movement um, and sexual assault and stories that have come forward, you know, statistically speaking, the idea of someone lying about being raped is is really very small. I mean, the, the, right. the facts it's very that unusual. very, very unusual. And what also comes into play for black women and who are the victims of sexual assault by black men is what will happen to these men if they report them. So that's what I was sort of thinking, like, if this woman had been black, would she have risked making that misidentification? And, you know, I think she may have because, you know, she says in her when she testifies celestial reports, celestial is the wife that the woman says this was not her first time being held at the mercy of a man, but it would not be her, but this would be her last. So this is a woman who has been assaulted before. I mean, that's what makes everything so complicated as even Celestial and even Roy says someone hurt that woman, but it wasn't me. So this woman has been raped by someone. And I think because of that, I think I in my mind, she has compassion for me. She is completely wrong. But I didn't spend that's why I did not spend a lot of time. I didn't want this novel to come down to the fact that women lie, you know, like that was so counter to my goals in this book. I was really interested more in the reckoning between Celestial and Roy. Because, you know, Roy loves that he has this wife who doesn't build her life around her husband. She's this free spirit. But when he is incarcerated, he wants a traditional wife. He wants a woman who will stay chastely by, wait for him, organize her life around his pain. And so what is the reckoning between Celestial and Roy? I think the reckoning between Celestial and Roy is this. When Celestial, Roy says to Celestial, I'm innocent. He writes in a letter, I'm innocent. And she writes back, I'm innocent too. He had never considered the fact of her innocence as well when she's trying to decide how her life will go forward after his incarceration. He just had never really thought of her as a person fully separate from himself and that 
her life, that this is her one life. His one life has been in some ways, you know, stunted by him being incarcerated. And I think he want he believes that she should, in a way, kind of throw herself on his on his funeral pyre, in a way. And the, that is the real thing that he had to, I feel like he had to really think about the idea that she has, she is his wife, but she is not his property. And he had not really considered that before, really. And do you feel like that is a very common and still contemporary modern idea that men have? I think it's true, not just for men, but women as well. I do think, particularly in the black context, with the idea that the men are so under siege that the way that you assist them is through traditional values, right? I mean, when I was trying to write this book, the first time I wrote it from her point of view, and everyone was just mad, just mad. And I was frustrated. And then I read books by white women. And in those books, like there were a lot of white women writing about being in marriages that were not satisfying them. And as you can imagine, Celestial's She's been married 18 months. Her husband is in prison for three years with um, nine more to go. That is not a satisfying. She says a marriage is more than just love. A marriage is a life, and we're not sharing the same life. And the idea that that wasn't enough for her, if this was a different person in a different context, like a husband who's away on business trips all the time and the wife wants to have an affair, you'd read it and say, yes, girl, have that affair. Right. I mean, but you specifically point out that if it was a white woman, that it would be different. Yes. If it was a, or even if it was a black woman whose husband just was not present. But as, as her daddy tells her, that man is a hostage of the state. The least you could do, the least you could do is, you know, sacrifice your own life, your own pleasure of existence for him and she doesn't and that is the real that is a serious question that I don't think has been looked at in a clear-eyed way I think so that passage uh you know where um celestial says marriage is more than love it's a life but who decides what the life looks like you know ultimately marriage is experienced by two people who are alive and who are committed to each other. So those lives could be divergent, no? It could be, but not for her. (laughs) I mean, it's about two people who, as her father says to her, marriage is between two people. There is no studio audience. It's about what's satisfying for two people. And for her, she is not satisfied in a marriage where she doesn't ever see or touch her husband. That's why she says to him, I will continue to be here. I will continue to support you, but not as your wife. So she's not saying I want nothing to do with you, but she's saying she doesn't feel like she's married. She doesn't feel like she was ever married. She feels like she was a bride and never got a chance to be a wife. And what are your own feelings about marriage? I think that marriages work if they work for both people. If if both people's needs are met, the marriage works. I mean, if both, if, but if they're not, it's not a matter, I don't think it's a matter of right or wrong. I don't think it's right or wrong that she's dissatisfied in the marriage that she's in with her husband being incarcerated. There's no, it's just not what she wants for her life. I think that we get so judgmental and when we talk about marriage that we don't really, I think we just need to take a step back and just think about the way that people share their lives, share their responsibilities. And the way people find satisfaction. And, you know, sometimes relationships end because they're healthy. And other times, I know you you know people like this, 
they can be in some madness for decades. <laughs> like this is the worst, longest lasting relationship ever. So I don't think we should definitely don't think we should count it by longevity. I think what's what's extraordinary about this this novel and this narrative and these characters is that it's called an American marriage, but it's really about a, it's about people. It's a it's a, it's an American human story, and and the ways in which we trust people, that we love people, that we grow and evolve. Um, and so I I I find that very heartening in terms of the future. As a married person, I think of this as a way to re-explore and re-live and re-identify ideas about marriage and about friendships too. There's this amazing friendship that Celestial has with her childhood friend, Andre, that takes on different forms throughout. But you've done a, a beautiful job here, and so I appreciate you coming to talk with us. Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. The book is An American Marriage by Tayari Jones. WNYC's Rebecca Carroll there talking to author Tayari Jones. And be sure to join us next Monday for the culmination of our book club series, Reading the Reckoning. Rebecca will be back with An American Marriage by Tayari Jones and an on-air book club with a few of you, our listeners. So if you're reading along with Rebecca, you have just one week to go. 